The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the Prop Swap Studios of AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop Swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. And it's 1030, and here we are. It's John McMullen time. Be sure to follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, sportsillustrated at si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning right here on AM 1490 from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And I don't even know how to lead into this conversation, so I'm just going to say, John, welcome, and go ahead. Take the wheel, my friend. Your thoughts on everything that's transpired and what's carried over into today. Number 53 overall, Jalen Hurts. Any kind of adversity, I've said it consistently since that night, uh, there was going to be a quarterback controversy, and here we are. Uh, here we are. Um, Doug, Doug Peterson finally pulls the trigger, said he needed a, uh, a spark. And what does sparks create, Ryan? They create fire. And we have the fire of a quarterback controversy. And uh, it can't be stopped at this point, and to see how the Eagles will handle it. Obviously, Doug had a number of opportunities to um, let us in on who's going to start against the Saints this weekend. I don't think it matters, to be honest. Um, in, in a micro sense, I mean, this is a bad football team. Uh, in a macro sense, they got to go back to Carson Wentz next year anyway. Um, but that said, uh, it's going to be a big deal how they handle this thing, and uh, I think this is something the Eagles created that they didn't need to create, to be perfectly honest. Okay, I'm glad you went there because I, I agree with the contract that was given to Carson Wentz. You say he has to be the starter next year, but if that's your thinking, why go to Jalen? Like, Because I don't think it's – Let's give Carson a breather for this half. He's all out of sorts. He's been out of sorts for a while now. So now you have this controversy, and if Carson Wentz is fractured mentally, this certainly isn't going to help him if he's in again, out again as the starter. So I I just don't know how the Eagles as an organization can successfully come out of this in the next 6 to 12 months. It just seems like it's a hole that's too deep. Uh, it might be, uh, but I think that will have more to do with if Carson Wentz is truly broken or if you can put Humpty Dumpty back together again, and, and that's uh, for something uh, down the line. That's for the offseason. I think it starts with rebuilding the offensive line, and that will help, but 
I, I do think we've kind of now, unfortunately, gone down a path where we realize, you know, one time people were talking about Carson Wentz as a potential elite quarterback with, with the Patrick Mahomeses of the world, as silly as that sounds, with, with the Aaron Rodgers, with the Russell Wilsons, the really, really top-tier guys. There was hope that he could get back to that. He was once for a short period in 2017. I mean, that hope is gone. I, that, that, that's, that's, not, that's just ridiculous to even uh, broach that at this particular point. So now it becomes like a lot of teams that have quarterbacks where you have to build up the pieces around them. And, and, and by the way, that's why I, I say in a mi- micro sense it doesn't matter because, you know, Jalen Hurts might give you a little bit of juice as he did in Green Bay, Make, might give the players a little bit of energy in the short term. Bottom line is he's, he's playing behind that same offensive line. He's playing with those same receivers. He's playing with those same running backs. And it's a bad group. It's a bad group from a personnel standpoint, so he's set up to fail. Um, and, and, and by the way, Ryan, just look at the numbers y- yesterday. And you look at Jalen Harrison, he comes in, and he's 5 out of 12. Um, and he throws an interception, but there's a couple big plays in there. Uh, extends some things with his legs. And everybody's like, wow, he looks better than Carson Wentz, which is fair. But he was far from good. And, and the reason he was far from good, he's got the same weapons Carson Wentz has, which is basically outside of the tight ends. And Zach Ertz just got back. It's a bad group. And that's not changing in the final month of the season. Yeah. John, this is Luke Pergandy talking. Is there, you know, there's been some chatter around the league. There's, there's going to be a lot of need at the quarterback position this offseason for a lot of teams. Um, is there any possible way Carson Wentz gets traded this offseason, or is just that cap the the contract that every other team, like the Chicago Bears, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, just wouldn't want to be able to, to pay? Well, I, I mean, if you look at the cost of doing business in the NFL at quarterback, it's not necessarily that that the contract is, is that oppressive from a standpoint of, look, if you get into a second deal with a quarterback, that, that's what you're going to have to pay them. And actually, if Carson was succeeding, uh, that contract would already look good. Uh, the problem is he's not succeeding. And the problem from the Eagles' standpoint you're right, Luke. There, uh, this is a quarterback deficient league, and there's always teams looking for quarterbacks. And there's teams you can talk in to saying, "I can fix this guy." Look at, uh, look at how he played before. That's not the problem. The problem from the Eagles' standpoint is, even if they trade Carson Wentz, they take a thirty-three, thirty-four million dollar cap hit, um, and and that's kind of untenable because. Uh, of where they are, uh, they're they're projected to be about sixty-five to seventy million over the cap uh, before they even start uh, to uh, cut some players, uh, and that's made worse by obviously COVID nineteen. And and for the first time ever, there'll be a rollback 
and the salary cap. So this is not the year for the quarterback to fail on that contract, and that's why you'll you'll constantly hear people saying, and they're right, it's more likely the Eagles can't move on until 2022. What would you do, John, the rest of this season then? I mean, you're, you're tied to Carson Wentz right now from a contract standpoint, but you have this young asset in Jalen Hurts, so they decided to go to him yesterday, which means they're not completely against the idea of keeping him in there. Um, what is the best move, at least short term? I would go back to Carson only because, uh, and I would have no issue, by the way, it's not a matter of, I would have no issue if they went to Jalen Hurts either. From my standpoint, I I would stick with Carson for two reasons. One, uh, you're going to have to give him the opportunity uh, to be the the starter again next season with an inside track. In other words, uh, the competition, any competition is going to be weighted uh, toward him anyway. And the second aspect is I, I do think the, the supporting cast is so bad. I think you're setting up Jalen Hurts for failure anyway. Why do you want to destroy the confidence of two quarterbacks? That's that's kind of how I look at it. Now, hopefully, um, if Jalen Hurts does get in, um, you know, hopefully he makes some big plays and, and he's able to play a, uh, some playground football uh, and do some things and and maybe that can bolster his confidence, but I, I don't see how any quarterback succeeds uh, with this group. I, I think if you roll this group out with, say, Aaron Rodgers, you just saw the best quarterback in football. I mean, Aaron's probably going to win nine games with this group, which is stinking impressive. But <laughs> I mean, he's not—you know—he's not, you know, not going to be a Super Bowl contender, and that's—I I, think—and that's not only the best quarterback in football right now, that's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's how bad this skill position group is, and we haven't even gotten to the offensive line, which is more of an injury uh, problem. Obviously, if Brandon Brooks was there, Lane Johnson was there, uh, Jason Kelsey was there, Andre Dillard was there, it'd be fine, but they're not. So, uh, I... I the hope in the offseason is the offensive line gets back to a respectable level and hopefully far more than that, hopefully back to a top ten level. But you got to revamp this entire skill position group, the entire. And, and, and it seems like every year at, at receiver, no matter what they do, they change coaches. They, they roll in bodies. They can't find receivers. It's astonishing. And by the way, guys, the running backs stink, too. And I've said this on different shows. I don't know what it is about the Eagles fan base, but, man, I, I, I day overrate Miles Sanders. He's not a good football player right now. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't be, I, I think, agree more. I think it's a Penn State thing, John. I think it's both you know, Eagles fans being a little bit jaded about their only – their own offensive players, but I also think it's because he went to Penn State, and there's just a ton of Penn Staters out here that just overvalue him because he's a ninny line. That, that could be. That, that's a good explanation. It's got to be something because there's there's a weird latch up. I mean, they act they act like he's Dalvin Cook. He totally. can't pass protect. He can't catch the football. He is explosive, but when he gets in the open field, he's great. But I, I mean, 
And even, you know, they want him to touch the football 25 times. And, and when he does get going a little bit, what does he do? Puts the football on the ground. Yep. He fumbles, too. So, I, I mean, it's – and that, and, and that, by the way, well, the tight ends. I mean, Zach hasn't been healthy. And, by the way, he's not even going to be here next year. And, and Dallas Goddard as well. Besides the tight ends, they're good players. Um. Other than that, uh, I mean, Miles is their best skill position player, and that is not good. <laughs> it's it's an absolute mess. Um, Doug Peterson, John, and the, there's a lot to get to from the game yesterday, and we're going to be getting to it throughout the week. Obviously, the lead story is the quarterback position, and Doug Peterson said that this will be my decision. It will solely be up to me. Um, how funny was that to you, or do you buy it? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't buy it. I, I think it's a little pushback from the to the narrative that you know Jeffrey Lurie is is pulling the puppet strings. But you know that's not rare. I, I've criticized Jeffrey Lurie, and I'll criticize him again because I think he's gotten too uh, meddling, which I've said on the show. Uh, in the past, um, but it's not rare. I mean, when you make quarterback changes everywhere, um, usually uh, more people are involved than a head coach. So that part of it's not rare. But for whatever reason, I, there's a lot of, of sore spots with the Eagles right now because they're bad right now, and they're, they don't like the criticism. Nobody does. Uh, and I think everybody's kind of hearing it, but I, I mean, you got to run changing the quarterback by the owner and, and the general manager. Um, but it should be Doug's decision. Uh, and ultimately, and ultimately, by the way, I do think it was Doug's decision. Um, uh, but I, I don't, I don't think, it, like I said, I don't think it matters. In a, in a, in a micro standpoint, who cares? You got two bad quarterbacks on a bad football team. Talking with John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated at si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning right here on AM 1490. All right, John, what are some of your other um, biggest takeaways from the game last night? I think you, you can just pick one, any one as far as all the issues, at least from Philly's side of things, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the quarterback controversy has overridden everything. I, I don't think Doug got one question, I think, that wasn't involved yeah. today at his press conference with, with the quarterbacks. Uh, and that was just kind of an injury update and uh, nothing uh, much happened there. Obviously, Darius Slay got knocked out again. Uh, with a knee injury, not his calf, uh, had difficulties with Devontae Adams. But, you know, everybody has difficulties with Devontae Adams. That's probably the best receiver in football right now. Um, and uh, T.J. Edwards hurt his hamstring again. Davion Taylor is going to be out for a while, but he doesn't play much anyway, the rookie linebacker. Um, and, and, you know, I, I the Eagles' defense uh, – for some reason gets a lot of criticism. Uh, I think they've overachieved pretty much 
uh, all season. And I think, you know, we're, they were they were hanging in there. It was pretty amazing uh, when you're down twenty three to three, and I, I mean that game looked over. Uh, and then that's where you got the little spark from Jalen Hurts, and it did pick up the rest of the team because you had the Rager pump return, and, and then the defense kind of stopped Rodgers on two occasions. And the Eagles actually had the football with a chance to tie the game, which was amazing. Uh, and they were unable to do it, and then Aaron Jones got loose, uh, and that big run will will make the defense look worse. But even at the end of the day, I mean, Green Bay came in, top-scoring offense in the NFL, just under 32 points a game. The Eagles kept them under that, almost kept them to 23. Um, I think it's a pretty good group considering, you know, what they have on the back seven. So if you want some positivity, I think you got to look at that side of the ball. No, that's fair, and it's something that you've touched on now for the past couple weeks uh, on the show every night, but it's just so bad at the quarterback position and the offense and the skilled positions that it's like it almost doesn't even matter, and, and that's unfortunate for the defense. And then on top of it, like you said, Slay, the new toy who they paid a lot of money for, he's had to go up against – like you said, arguably the four best wide receivers four weeks in a row, and, and and that isn't the best look. So it's just been like the perfect storm in Philadelphia. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, I, yeah it has. And, you know, I, I always encourage – I mean, you've got to watch some other games, man, because if you don't know how good Devontae Adams is, if you don't know how good Aaron Rodgers is, and if you think this doesn't happen to other teams and other defenses – you're not paying attention. I mean, those guys just kill people in a, on, a, on a weekly basis, on a weekly basis. Um, and it is difficult to deal with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I said it uh, in the previews coming uh, up to the game. I said I no one has ever made that position look easier to play than Aaron Rodgers. It, it is he, he's, he's, he's in a different league. I, I just... He and Carson Wentz aren't the same species of quarterback. No. They're just completely different animals. Um, it's not even close. Uh, and and there are very few people in the history of this game that have played at his level. And, you know, if, if you're going to say a play can't handle Devontae Adams, well, point to me to the corner that can. I, not, yeah. I don't know what to tell people. I mean, the fact that you have somebody competing, and the same with Metcalf, and uh, enabling to you to do other things defensively, in other words, shut down other parts of a particular offense, uh, he's been a asset to this team, whether people recognize it or not. Yeah, I would absolutely agree, but it's just, like I said before, it's it's overlooked and it doesn't even matter. And on the surface, it's just, uh, well, look who he's had to go up against and everything's a mess. Uh, sticking with the defense for a second, what do they need to change, if anything? You know, you've touched on their top 10 uh, in defensive rankings in a lot of key areas. They've been playing better than people realize. So just to maybe stick with some positivity for a minute. What changes are coming on the other side of the ball, if any significant at all? 
I don't think anything significant is coming, nor should I. I, I mean, if people people got to see if they watched Monday afternoon football today, um, you saw the, the top-ranked defense in the NFL, which is Pittsburgh, coming into that game. Um, and, again, this is you have to understand the modern NFL. It is difficult to play defense. And you see Washington come down with Alex Smith, no weapons. Gibson's hurt in the game. They don't have him. They're using J.D. McKissick. Um, and they go down and win the game. The Eagles' best offensive game of the year was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is the top-ranked defense in the NFL. Uh, it, it, it is Everything is skewed towards the offense in the modern NFL. Which, by the way, is another reason why the Eagles' offense is so disappointing, because it's easy in this league. Uh, and everything is skewed against the defenses. So even when you face a team like Pittsburgh or New Orleans, which is coming up, which has a good defense, you can score on those teams if you play good offense. And, again, if you're top ten, and that's where the Eagles were, and they'll fall back a little bit, uh, because they just play Green Bay, and, and they're the best offense. Um, you know, if you're in that top ten group, uh, that's that's good enough to win with. That's not the problem. I have a question, John. I've been thinking about the New York Giants a lot today after their win over Seattle. Would you rather have the New York Giants roster than the Philadelphia Eagles roster with Saquon Barkley and, you know, Sterling Shepard and, you know, a decent O-line. And it seems like their defenses kind of came to play in the second half of the season. I mean, what are your thoughts oh, on God, the, yes. the Giants? I'd rather have the Giants. I, I, I'd rather have Washington's uh, roster as well. Um, there are very few rosters in the NFL I wouldn't take over the Eagles right now because it's just an <laughs> aging group. Uh, an expensive group, and it's but you know it, it's taken a while to, for the Giants to start heading in the right direction, um, and they finally have. So uh, they've certainly taken their lumps in Washington. I mean, especially when you look at their front on defense, um, if they can figure out. Um, obviously, Alex Smith is a great story, but I don't think he's. Uh, a long-term future quarterback. So they have a lot of things to figure out offensively. But that that defensive front is something to build on, and you can build on quickly. And the same thing with the Giants. Their strength is their defensive front, and you saw them destroy the Eagles a couple weeks ago. Uh, plus they have James Bradbury. He's a shutdown corner. Um, their defense has been great in the second half. And, yeah, who had that happen? The Giants beat the Seahawks. Washington beats the undefeated Steelers. The NFC East is back, except for the Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) It's back, baby. Get your popcorn. The NFC East uh, is must-see television. My goodness. Uh, It's bad in Philadelphia. I I did get a kick because I heard – I forgot who I heard. They were making such a big deal about the Giants going the road, going on the road and beat Seattle, which is one of the toughest places to play. I, it, it, going on the road doesn't matter in COVID world. The 12th man is the reason Seattle is a difficult place to play. It's 
the loudest building in the NFL. The people aren't there. It's not difficult to play there anymore. If you execute, you can win anywhere. A home field advantage no longer exists. That's um, that's something that Luke and I, and, and Luke brought this up to start the show. I threw a stat out there that underdogs this year against the spread are like 104, 79, and 2, almost a 60% um, winning rate there. Uh, underdogs were successful again this week against the spread, and Luke said exactly what you said. Well, could it just be there's no fans, the home field advantage, is non-existent and I, I don't know how we tie that into everything as it relates to the Eagles John because it's an equal playing field for everyone in the NFL so it's not like it's a legitimate excuse well that's why Philly's struggling the the link's empty all oh, poor Philly well it, it is it is uh you're right I mean everybody's going through the same thing it is a little bit different for certain teams and I said this from the start because there are better home field advantages. Seattle's a perfect example. New Orleans is one of those teams. Uh, Minnesota's one of those teams. Philadelphia's one of those teams. They have a better home field advantage than a lot of other teams. Uh, So it is a little bit uh, scaled back. Um, And, yeah, I mean, those teams, those teams I mentioned, they're hurt more and say the Atlanta Falcons or the Houston Texans or um, the L.A. Chargers. Uh, I mean, yeah, they just are. They're, certain home fields are just miserable to play at because of the noise. And I, while I wouldn't put Philadelphia up with Seattle and those teams I mentioned, New Orleans, uh, especially in, in Minnesota, those are probably in Kansas City as well. Those are probably the four loudest places in the NFL, but they're right there. They're right on that second tier, and it's it's usually the link is a really difficult place to play. And if they did have fans, I I do think they'd have a, a little bit of a better record. But yeah, I mean it's still a bad football team. Maybe a win or two more. All right, John, one more here. Just what's something that you and I did not touch on, and Luke, tonight that we need to get into tomorrow? I think we had a good conversation last week about the organization as a whole. I think they need someone in that front office, whether it's overseeing Howie, uh, like a Daryl Morey, (laughs) but NFL version, uh, whatever it may be. But what's something like that or on the field that you want to touch on that we didn't get to tonight? Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, Jeffrey Lurie has uh, preached this collaborative approach um, since Chip Kelly left uh, for obvious reasons. Um, and, you know, it, it, it works when things are It's like a lot of things in, in life. It works when things are going well, uh, but it doesn't work when things are going poorly. And the reason why is because no one is, is – is held accountable and you need that in a, in a public facing organization like professional sports. And the reason you need it is because if you don't have it, then the fingers get pointed in 87 different directions. It's sort of like if you just boil it down to on the field and, and people hate 
like when Andy Reid says, I, I got to do a better job, or Doug Peterson says it. But they're doing that for a reason, to take the heat off the players and to put it on their shoulders. The Eagles need that organizationally, and nobody seems to be willing to take that uh, on. And, and, you know, Harry Roseman should take that on, to be honest, but he doesn't seem to be willing to do so. Not going to want to miss it tomorrow at 1030 and every night, Monday to Friday, right here on The Fix. Johnny Mack for your football fix, and there's going to be plenty to talk about at 1030 for the next four days, and I have a feeling for quite some time, Jalen Hurts comes in, Eagles lose 30-16, and the storylines are endless. Follow John on Twitter at jfmcmullenphillyvoice.com and si.com. John, I appreciate it, my friend, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Hey, thank you, guys. Thanks, John. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.